welcome to this week's episode of the Life Dead Podcast. I'm your host, John Yorm, and let's get talking about some Star Wars, but first, let's do the business. In the business this week, you can visit the blog at mystarwarslifedebt.wordpress.com. The main link is uh, currently not working, so just use mystarwarslifedebt.wordpress.com. You can find us on Facebook, just search for My Star Wars Life Debt, and you can join the group. You can follow me on Twitter, at BloodyOrm, B-L-O-O-D-Y-O-R-M-E. My Star Wars Life Debt is also on Instagram, so just search for My Star Wars Life Debt on there. Um, MyStarWarsLifeDebt.tumblr.com as well. Yeah, we're all over social media currently. Um, and if you'd like to contribute to the blog and the podcast, please visit Patreon.com forward slash MyStarWarsLifeDebt, where you can sign up for a $1 tier. And... We've also got bonus podcasts uh, on mystarswarslifedebt.bandcamp.com. And if you really want to buy some merchandise, head on over to redbubble.com forward slash user forward slash lifedebtpodcast. And now, on with the show. So, um, this week's collection corner kind of eclipses... Last week's collection corner, um, quite, it's like, wow, two really good weeks, um, so, so yeah, this week, uh, for this week's edition of collection corner, um, well, uh, towards the end of last week, um, I received, um, a copy of Alphabet Squadron, uh, thanks to um, Penguin Random House, uh, they sent me a review copy, so I'm almost halfway through currently, um, and so far it's brilliant. I'm absolutely loving it so far. Um, Alexander Freed is just knocking it out of the park. Um, I, I'm looking forward to picking up the TIE Fighter. Uh, miniseries, uh, once that hits Kindle, um, in collected form, um, but, you know, just to kind of get more of the story, um, but so far, Alexander Freed has done, is doing such a fantastic job with this, um, with this book, um, I'm loving the characters, um, of the squadron, and where I'm at now, we've just got to Hera, and, She's written so well. I can see, um, you know, I can I can visualise Hera in that role, and I can I can hear Vanessa Marshall as I'm reading it. Um, which, you know, when you're dealing with a legacy character, um, you need to be able to like hear the voice uh, through what they're saying. And absolutely, I'm, I can hear Vanessa Marshall 100%. Um, coming through, which is fantastic. Um, so of course it was uh, Father's Day, I'm recording this segment Monday morning, and it was Father's Day out on Sunday, so the day before. Um, so I was very fortunate to receive a couple of Father's Day gifts um, from my daughter. And of course my wife, but you know, we said for my daughter. Um, so the first of which was um, the Jewel on Star Killer Base Lego set, which I have been as soon as that was announced, I I was like, I want that. As soon as I saw it, I was like, I need that one in the collection. Um, and I've got it. Uh, I haven't started building this one yet, um, because I'm still working on um, 20th anniversary uh, sets. I'm actually a bag away from completing uh, the Snow Speeder, which will be the last one. Um, um, so I'm looking forward to getting that one started. That'll probably be um, in a couple of days. I'll probably start that the day this comes out. Um, and then for Father's Day. And my birthday, I received uh, a present from my wife and my daughter, obviously, um, that uh, 
that just blew me away. Um, it's the uh, the Lego Tanta V4. Um, the one that came out recently with the Bail Organa uh, minifigure. Um, can I just say, the box is massive, okay? Uh, it, it reaches almost my knee. That's how big the box is. Um, so I am like really, really, I'm like, this is nuts. Uh, so um, my aim is to start that, is not to start that until um, later this week. So I'm going to do the Jewel and Star Kill base first um, and then dive in on the Tanta V4. Um, I'm hoping. You know, it's such a big set, you know, it's probably going to take me a while and I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to a nice long build. I mean, Slave 1 took me nearly, uh, took me just short of a week to do because I was like kind of really, um, I was like, you know, taking my time with it. I fully intend to do that with the Tanta V4, um, but I've got a feeling I'm either going to split it into a num two blog posts, or I might do something a little different. Um, but I haven't decided yet, so I've got a few days to think of that. So you may get some bonus content coming uh, with the Tanta V4, which will be pretty cool. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's about it for the collection corner. Um, you know, really, really pleased, really happy, really just dead, dead happy about all of that. Um, so I just want to thank my beautiful wife and beautiful daughter for those amazing gifts. Um, so yeah, there we go. That's it for Collection Corner. Uh, we're going to jump into another segment in just a second. So hang fire. And uh, we'll be right back. So, um, I'm recording this on Friday. Uh, so, yesterday, Thursday, um, we got the announcement that Star Wars Celebration Anaheim in 2020 is going to be on the 27th. Till the 30th of April of August uh, next year <clears throat> um, so it's later than normal for a US uh, release uh, for, for like the US uh, normally over there it's in the April but I think now that, that currently has more to do with the timing of kind of the uh, teaser trailers for the new films. Now, because um, because there won't be a new film in December of 2020, yeah, free, they kind of feel, it feels like they're more free to put the show on any time, really. Which is, I think, pretty cool. It, it kind of gives them a, a, an opportunity to have a, um, you know, do a big, you know, hit the hit the summer conventions quite hard, um, which is cool. I like the sound of that. Um, tickets go on sale next Friday, so the 21st, so when you're listening to this, it'll be like, sorry about that, my car is telling me I've got low fuel again. Um, <clears throat> when... <coughs> So, for the UK, so the 21st of, uh, of uh, June, tickets go on sale at 9am Pacific time. So, for the UK, you're looking at 4 o'clock in the afternoon um, with the hotel kind of um, deals going on at 10 Pacific time. Uh, which means, you know, you'd be looking at around um, five in the evening. Uh, so, <laughs> book some time off work, people. Book some time off work to get those tickets. Um, 
Now, I, t I told my wife that celebration was happening. Uh, well, she knew about celebration happening. I told my wife about the dates. And she was like, okay. And we had a look at the ticket price for a four day. Not unreasonable. Not unreasonable pricing. Uh, definitely won't be going for a Jedi Master VIP because that's $900. Yeah. Um, but $195 for a four day pass uh, in advance. Um, flights, we had a look at flights and they are not. They don't seem ridiculous. I'm going to Celebration uh, next year, and I cannot wait. I was very excited. I was a very excited boy Thursday night. Um, so um, yeah, uh, expect lots of Celebration coverage next summer. Um, it's gonna be pretty wild, I think. Um, really, really looking forward to it. Um, they've also announced that it's going, they're going to be doing the panel lottery system again, uh, which uh, I'm pretty happy about because, you know, if I'm going all that way, I don't particularly want to be spending every night on a concrete floor. Um, which I think is understandable. Um, I also don't, you know, because I'll be getting a hotel room, I'd rather like spend the time in the hotel room rather than uh, you know, spend like the evenings in the hotel room when I'm not, you know, doing other stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I kind of put a tweet out to see who else was going. Unfortunately, uh, I don't know about um, Josh from Trans Jam Transmissions, but Pete has, uh, Pete has said that he won't be going. So, uh, quite possibly no Jam Transmissions uh, live debt, live crossover. Um, but, uh, we've got over a year, I am going to politely pester uh, a number of podcasters and podcasts to just come along and have a bit of a chat. Um, I think it'd be fun. So, what does this mean uh, for the future of the blog and podcast? Because there is something that is going to happen for the future of the blog and the podcast. Um, I'm going to be starting a little initiative, um, essentially to help cut down the cost, because essentially I am going to be working a lot of extra hours again, like currently working all these extra hours, and I just would like to kind of have a little help. So, coming up, there are going to be some uh, some new premium content things happening um, whether that be uh, more bonus podcasts um, you know kind of a big patreon some big patreon pushes um, to kind of just help defer the costs because everything, pretty much now, everything will be going into, um, getting me to celebration, um, the rewards, 
content from Celebration, definitely. Um, extra content in the run-up to Celebration, you know, from kind of like when the initiative starts, which will probably be in the next month. Also, kind of got a few things I want to kind of prep for it. Um, what else? Probably some merch. Most likely some merch. I may have to go and get myself some merch to kind of keep the, the um, get the brand out there. Wow. So, uh, anyone who knows about the weather in Anaheim, what kind of uh, what kind of clothes do I want? Just so I know I'm not ordering like, I mean, I know I'm not going to order like a sweatshirt or anything, but you know. Vests, t-shirts, is the convention center aircon. Um, but yeah, so look out for more uh, premium content, guys. Um, and where we'll um, looking forward to it. It's going to be a uh, we're going to have a good year. I think probably what I'll do is I'll start the initiative around the time of, like, a year before celebration, just to kind of get an idea. Just to, yeah, it'd be easier that way for me. Gives me some time to really kind of build on that extra content. So, cool. All right, I'm going to put a pin in it there for now. Um, oops, sorry. Because uh, I'm nearly at work. And, uh, yeah, so, celebration. 2020, life debt at Celebration 2020, can't wait, and maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be getting uh, a Europe uh, celebration after that, because, uh, damn, am I in need for, um, for one that's a bit more local, <laughs> uh, so we will see, we will see, uh, so yeah, there we go. Uh, that's it for this segment. Just hang fire and uh, we'll be up with something else in just a second. So, um, as you probably know, I listen to quite a few Styles podcasts. And um, I have an interest in kind of like the inner workings of the force and... Um, this, uh, this past week, um, um, the show What the Force, um, hosted by Marie Claire Gould, um, had a, had an episode that was pretty much dedicated to the dark side of the Force, and her and her, uh, co-host, uh, guest co-host Katie, um, from Wampers Lair, they... They came up with some. Well, they, they they had some really really interesting insights and um, thoughts on not just the dark side of the force, but the force in general. Um, and some of it I've got. You know, I've basically considered like just writing out a lot of their ideas and kind of looking into some of their ideas on the blog in a balancing the force post, but. I kind of think I'd rather talk about it just for a little bit. Uh, specifically, some of their ideas, some of their thoughts of Mortis. Um, I think yeah, it was Marie Claire Gould who said um, who, who who believes that had the father on Mortis, so you've got the father, the son, and the daughter, and if the father had died of natural causes um, without having without bringing in. <laughs> Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka, then quite possibly, um, like, the son and the daughter would have lived in harmony, um, with the son being the embodiment of the dark side and the daughter the light. Like, the two of them would, you know, they care enough about each other, they are family at the end of the day, and it's not until you get Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan arriving, that everything kind of goes to pot. And I think, you know, they're right, Marie Claire's right, that 
had the father died of natural causes and, you know, not been killed by the son, um, then the balance of mortis would have, you know, uh, would have remained and I think it would have been more imbalanced. <laughs> Because the father spends, and this is what they say on the podcast. So, if uh, so, before I actually carry on, uh, go find what the Force podcast and look for the episode where they talk about the dark side. Um, it'll be one of the latest episodes if you listen to this as it comes out. Um, so yeah, like the far, they they say that the father basically is controlling. Uh, the son and the daughter but what happens and this is like a general kind of people thing like what happens when you're basically forced into stuff you know you rebel you turn against that controlling force (laughs) so I wonder um, if you know they're right and if the father had not been controlling them and like keep trying to keep them keep them controlled and then he died and just left them to it in a way that would the balance have been maintained naturally as opposed to enforced I mean we see Anakin has the ability he has enough power to control the both of the both the son and the daughter he can control them quite effortlessly um and the father believes that you know because he is the chosen one if the father believes that he is the one who's meant to be on Mortis to maintain the balance. Um, now, as I'm doing uh, the... I've started doing the Clone, my Clone Wars Season 3 rewatch, and the first blog post will be out in a couple of weeks. Um, and I'm really looking forward to getting to the Mortis arc, which is on disc 3. Um... So I'm thinking, like, so I think, like, the, um, I mean, like, there's so much to do with Mortis that that, those three episodes themselves will get their own post. And I'm also considering a Balance of the Force, um, post as well to kind of cover a lot more of the Force side of Mortis. But I've definitely got a lot more to kind of go on after listening to this latest episode of What the Force, because... They've given me so much more to think about, and this is just something I really enjoy about that show, is that they, um, they, uh, sorry, I'm about to sneeze. <coughs> sorry. Um, they, like, Marie Claire has, you know, she's got a great number of guest hosts that come on, and all of their episodes are incredibly insightful. They look at... <laughs> They, like there's there was one episode and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before where um, they looked into Hinduism like they, they, they kind of looked at uh, some of the Hindu um, myths and were able to relate some of those Hindu myths to the story arcs of Ray and Kylo in episodes seven and eight and it kind of works, it kind of made the Raylo theory, for me at least, seem slightly more plausible. <laughs> you know, it turned me away from being a staunch anti Raylo to if it follows along this path and it follows like this kind of idea, then I, then I would be pro Raylo. Um, so definitely, this, this podcast is definitely well worth a listen to. Um, it's one of my must-listen tos every week, um, so I would, I highly recommend checking it out, um, especially the ones that, uh, she, they've start, she started a, uh, a kind of like a, a sub-series of, po- of episodes dedicated to the nature of the Force, and this is the second one, and I, you know, it's just completely and utterly my cup of tea because I love kind of the lore around the Force and kind of trying to explore the Force a bit more and you know this these two episodes have just been fantastic so I highly recommend it uh, get listening to it um, 
I mean, some of the, st the stuff they've talked they talk about in Mortis is just phenomenal. Um, they talk about how, like, the, f um, the dark side is a natural part of the Force. So, you've got Rey, when Rey's having her Force epiphany on Akto, when, during the first lesson, she, um, you know, she says to Luke that she senses life and death and decay. And, you know, death and decay is a darker, is, is kind of like the balance of life. So life being the light side, death and decay being the dark side. So the dark side is natural. Um, but they, you know, you talk about, but then Palpatine talks about the dark side of the force is the pathway to many abilities, some considered to be unnatural. Now, whether it's light, there is always dark. Whether it's dark, there is always light. I think, I mean, I've, I don't know if it's been on the podcast or in the blog, but I've, I believe, kind of like my head canon, in regards of the Jedi and the Sith, is that uh, the Prime Jedi was actually a master of both. You know, he was a, essentially a, new, a neutral ground character. Um, so he was, and I hate using the term, but, you know, to kind of put my thought, ahead, thought forward, he was a grey Jedi. But for me, it's not a grey Jedi, for me it's the normal Jedi, these are the original Jedi. So the original Jedi are neutral, they are in the middle, they use both light and dark sight. Then, it's been established that the Sith are an offshoot of the Jedi, so what if, you know, some of the some of these OG Jedi discover, you know, more and more power on the dark side, and they splinter, they leave, they become essentially the Sith. And because the Jedi were all about the balance, because being, because if you are remaining, you know, neutral, you are both light and dark, there is a balance. So to maintain the balance, the, the remnants of the OG Jedi decide that they need to turn quote-unquote light, meaning they have to um, follow the light side, they, they establish the light side, they establish what we now know as the Jedi, and that's how the Jedi and Sith, as we know them, originate. <laughs> so, essentially, like, the, the Sith is just, like, an embodiment of the dark side, they follow the dark side to its extreme, and that's why they have these unnatural abilities. So they, you know, the Force Lightning. I wouldn't say that's a natural ability. That's a, that's them unleashing all of their anger and hate um, through their bodies. Um, and I believe that that would, you know, they, that the so their powers are unnatural, not the dark side itself. Um, but then, could Palpatine just be? I mean, some of their abilities, yes, I would, you would consider them unnatural. But Palpatine is also, at that point, trying to manipulate Anakin into believing that if he turns to the dark side, he will be able to save Padme from death, which in itself is an unnatural ability because death is a natural part of life. It is the darker side of life. Um, So yeah, there's so much to explore in regards to this. The, uh, I mean, I can't do this episode, uh, What the Force Justice, so I really recommend going and listening to it. Um, uh, it I, I heard it because uh, Anthony, aka a Royal Farm Boy, put me onto it as well. Um, uh, you know, and if it's Rural Farm Boy certified, then you know it's going to be good. Uh, so that's it for this episode. Uh, I'm going to put a pin in it there. Not this episode, this segment. I'm going to put a pin in it there, and uh, we'll uh, have another segment uh, coming up. So thank you, and uh, speak to you in a second. So, um, got a little bit of a book review today. Um, so kind of like 
during like the whole Phantom Menace 20th anniversary thing, I was like, ooh, and I managed to find um, plant a copy of uh, the novelization by Terry Brooks. And I thought, you know what, I'll give that a read. I remember it being quite good. So, um, yeah, I just, uh, I finished rereading it last night. You know, ironically, I finished reading it, like, just after the uh, last episode of the podcast was released. So I was like, perfect. Okay. Content for next week. Excellent. Um, so, yes, uh, I kind of want to, um, you know, reread the... Uh, prequel novelizations at least because um, I remember enjoying them uh, quite a bit so that was uh, Phantom Menace by Terry Brooks uh, Attack of the Clones by R.A. Salvatore and uh, Revenge of the Sith by M- Matthew Stover um, and you know so I was able to fish out uh, Phantom Menace and and as far as ad- adapting the story, it's very, very faithful, very close. You get some really good insights into uh, Anakin's um, thought process, um, which I really liked. Um, you know, for the for the purposes of you know expanding the story, like the novelizations tend to do sometimes. Um, you know, expanded like what was going through his head, like, and it, it told some of the story from his perspective, um, like story that you know you kind of wouldn't expect to be told from his perspective. So, rather than just like him saying like in the in the uh, feed hangar, where he's like, oh, I want to come too, quite like stay in there. You know, you get to, you get to see his what he's. Um, kind of thinking in that moment and like the whole like there's a quite a bit of the uh, quite a bit of that um, scene is told from his perspective so like he he witnesses and it's like what he thinks when Darth Maul open, like appears and you know he watches like the the, the duel begin between um, Maul and the Jedi um He's also like he wants to. He wants to go with Qui Gon. He wants to go with Padme. He wants to make sure that they're safe. He doesn't want to lose them. And I think that's really interesting because like, I don't. I mean, I don't know how much Terry Brooks got involved with George Lucas, and you know how much Lucas told him about what was going to happen in the future. But um, like some of his insights were quite good. Like he didn't want to lose Qui Gon and Padme. Whilst they're as they're going off to battle, um, so like him going after the destroyer droids, you know, in the film it was portrayed kind of as a, you know, he wants to help them, but he doesn't, you know, it's, it, he's like I've got to help them, but it felt more like a conscious choice in the novel. Um, and there's a few additional scenes of Anakin. Uh, the the book starts with the pod race that he references when Sebulba flashes in with his vents. Um, so you've got this moment where you're, you're essentially introduced to him and Sebulba uh, quite early on, in, like at the beginning of the book. Um, and a little bit further in the book, you find out that he, like, after after the pod race, you know, he gets punished by Watto, and um, he sneaks off with Kidster, and, they go and get uh, some. They go. I think they go. To, they go to get something to eat, and um, they meet a spacer, like a, spa- a freighter pilot, who used to work for the Republic, and he tells them about the Jedi. He 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 wants like transported Jedi, and it's in, you know it's like this little boyhood wonder of like oh my god this guy knew. Um, this guy knows Jedi, he worked with Jedi, and like, like this awestruck kind of, um, almost hero worship in a way, um, because he's, you know, he, he can't believe that he's met someone and someone has spoken to him about Jedi, um, 
he has a see that he has a sequence where he goes. Owato sends him on a uh, on a trip to um, buy droids from some Jawas, and he takes three PO with him. And on their way back, they've got all these droids. And on their way back, they he, Anakin notices something. What he's noticed is they've been a landslide and trapped under a rock is um, a Tuscan Raider. And Anakin, they move some of the rocks and get him free, but it's too late to go back because they've got to go across the Dune Sea and it's too it, would be, it was safer to stay with the Tuscan Raider than it was to travel across the Dune Sea. And he... Um, yeah, he basically, he feeds the Tuscan Raider. You know, the Tuscan Raider is, like, really cautious of him. And Anakin's, of course, cautious of the Tuscan Raider. But he, he gives him food, and he, like, looks after him. He, like, he, he um, bandages up his leg. And and then when, like, the rest of the Tuscan's tribe arrives, and they surround them, of course, Anakin wakes up. Like, Anakin falls asleep with this thing. He's got so many droids with him that they, someone's going to alert him to danger. But... At the same time, it's like, well, he, um, he's basically like, he wakes up and there's this whole, the tribe is surrounding him, and this one Tuscan just kind of looks at them, looks at him, and is like, and he says something in their, their language, and the tribe just backs away, and it's like, okay, that's really interesting, like, um, you know, the Sam people are known to be brutal and, you know, they basically take no, you know, they'll, they, they don't like, um, normal people, they don't like normal humans, like, they attack them, um, they raid the villages, they raid farms, so to, and, and you know, Anakin's a kid, he's perfect for them to, you know, take down, and yet they don't, because this one took, because he helped one of them. And, again, I don't know how much Terry Brooks know, knew at the time about what Lucas was planning for, like, Attack of the Clones. But the fact that Anakin, um, basically just, like, doesn't, um, you know, like, Anakin kills an entire tribe of Tusken Raiders. Did, did he know about this? Um, I mean, I kind of, I kind of, like, think of it as, in terms of Qui-Gon, you know, nothing happens by coincidence. Now, I'm wondering if Lucas told Terry Brooks about Anakin, what, you know, he already had it planned that Anakin was going to kill the Tusken Raider tribe. So he told this to Terry Brooks, and Terry Brooks decided to put this into the book um, to kind of, you know, show this side of Anakin and just kind of show how far he falls in Attack of the Clones, and I think that would be really, I think that's, that would be really interesting, um, if that's what happened, um, I mean, I don't know how, um, like, the way that the novelizations are, I, I, I don't quite understand their canon, their placement with canon, um, the way I always see it is definitely with the new ones, like the expanded versions of uh, The Last Jedi, uh, Solo. I haven't read Solo, but I mean, like these these books that are now like called like the Last Jedi Expanded Edition and Solo the Expanded Edition. I view their deleted scenes somewhat as canon, or like their added scenes somewhat canon. Um, I mean, Pablo Hidalgo said that, you know, essentially it's like, you know, think of, like, the films as what happened, and then, like, the novels kind of are like the, um, eyewitness accounts and interpretation, so, you know, things can differ, and I'm like, fair enough, that's, uh, that's cool, that's a good way of looking at it, but I don't know where they stand with, um, the original, like, the, the prequel and the original trilogy, um, novelizations, because, I mean, 
return, the Jedi novelization has Obi-Wan saying that uh, Owen Lars was his brother, um, whereas, you know, according to uh, Attack of the Clones, he's not, you know. Uh, so, um, it's kind of interesting to, I'd be interested to find out. And I'm pretty sure I could just do a bit of, do a Google to find out. Um, but if that is canon, I think that's really interesting. Uh, this Tuscan Raider uh, sequence. Um, as far as, you know, the, the rest of the book, uh, it's very enjoyable. Um, I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed reading it. It's um, well adapted and, you know, the writing style is really good. It, it, like, uh, Terry Brooks's writing style, uh, I mean, I've not read any of his other works, but, you know, it's, uh, it's very accessible for... I think, I think his style is very accessible for readers, so um, definitely worth definitely worth reading if you like The Phantom Menace and you just fancy and you fancy having a read um, I mean, part of the reason why I read it is because I, I watched Phantom Menace about a month or so before the 20th anniversary so I was like, I don't really fancy watching it again you know, in the midst of the uh in the midst of the hype, I didn't want to watch it again, so I, um, you know, just ended up picking up the book. Um, which, uh, you know, I, I'm pleased I did because it's been a while since I read it, and I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So yeah, there we go. That was uh, *Phantom Menace*, uh, novelization by Terry Brooks. At some point, I will read. Um, Attack of the Clones. I remember there being some really interesting extra extra parts to that. Um, so I am looking forward to giving that one a go again. Um, it just depends on when I can get in the loft and fish that and uh, venture the Sith out because uh, one, I hate going in the loft, and two, I need to be able to. I need a bunch of stuff to put up there or something. You know, I need a project because it's a complete malarkey to get in there so I kind of like to do a lot, a lot of it all in one go so um, but watch this space I will be looking at that soon and I will be doing a bit more in-depth review on the blog uh, which will come out sometime in July cool right then so we'll move on to another section and uh, talk to you later So, uh, last night, you know, I was, I was prepared to uh, get the editing on this podcast episode finished and get it ready to put out into the world, and then we got some news! Um, Star Wars Lego-related news. So, of course, I have to, I have to cover it. Um, I did report on it on the blog. Uh, it came out yesterday. Um, well, yesterday to the podcast coming out. Um, so they've there's a rumored list of Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker Lego, um, which will come out with the first wave. Uh, so the the low end of the spectrum, which was I think. According to the article 1799, uh, a gun turret. Okay. Um, I can't remember prices exactly, so I'm just going to kind of go from what I can remember. So you had a gun turret. Um, then we got the, uh, what was it? A-Wing. Now I'm excited for that one because it'll be a um, sequel era A-Wing, which I really wanted to get when... Um, I really wanted that uh, as part of The Last Jedi, but we never got one, apart from the mini, the mini, mini build things that they've got. Um, so there was that. Uh, then we had, um, oh god, what came next? Oh, yeah. the ATST in brown. Uh, 
So this could either be this could be either of um, of the ATSTs. It could be a um, original trilogy era ATST, but just in brown, or an, a first order ATST. Um, now, if it's the if it's the Imperial one, I'm I'm going to leave it um, because I've already got the Rogue One version and. Yeah, I think anything that they change to it, any like building modifications they do, will be more cosmetic than anything else. Because it's a pretty solid build, and I think, you know, that we had that two years ago. I don't think we need a new Imperial ATST version. However, if it's the First Order ATST, it's about blooming time. Um, especially after the disappointing First Order ATST we got. Uh, with The Last Jedi, which basically costs the same as a normal ATST uh, from Rogue One, probably a little bit more, and just didn't have a head because it was reenacting the scene with BBA. Which I think, if we'd have had the option, if they'd have done it as a, um, a full First Order ATST with the removable head, I think that would have been pretty sweet. But that's not what we got. So, yes. So, if it's a first order one, I might get it. Um, but it will be on my list of things to get, like, when it's seriously reduced, maybe after a year or two. Um, maybe if I just need some content for the blog. <laughs> so, uh, then we have Landspeeder and... Uh, speed of bike, which I'm interested in. Um, it looks like that will be kind of a um, like the set that will be a reenactment of the chase we saw in the trailer, and I think that'll be pretty cool. So you've probably got Poe, Finn, and 3PO on the land speeder, and probably the first order speeder bike, and I'm going to be all over that. That that'll be my dream. I want that one. Um, so, so far, I'm getting two out of four. Um, then we got the Y-Wing. Now, I don't know if this will be confirmation that Y-Wings are in the film. Uh, I would, I've, I'm very interested to see what a um, New Republic era Y-Wing looks like. Um, apart from it looking like a Y-Wing, you know. Um, and I think that I think it'll be really interesting because we've seen like so many different versions of the Y-Wing now. Like going back to the Clone Wars, you know, we had Y-Wings then, and then you know, then we took off like the armored sections, and we got the New Hope versions. And then you know, what, what will they look like um, in the New Republic era? Like what kind of how like they've sleeked up the X-Wing. Uh, in two different versions, no less. So we've got the T-70 from the Poe Flies. Uh, we've got the T-85, or is it the T-80? I can't remember. Uh, T-80 or T-85 that we got in um, Resistance. Um, so then, yeah, then we've got the white, then, so now they're doing the Y-Wing. We've had the A-Wings, like the updated versions of the A-Wings as well. So I am very intrigued to see what a Y-Wing looks like. Um, kind of good. No B-Wing. I want a B-Wing. Can someone get me a B-Wing? Because, uh, you know, I really want to get a B-Wing Lego set now because I've always, I mean, B-Wings are my favourite Starfighter, but I really want one to kind of, so I can have like a little makeup of um, Alphabet Squadron because I'm loving that book. Um, uh, so after the Y-Wing, we've got Kylo Ren's, um, Kylo, Kylo Ren's, uh, craft. I can't remember the exact wording, uh, but Kylo Ren's ship. Um, now, either they've redesigned his, the Kylo Ren command shuttle from Force Awakens, and just kind of added in, like, the wing folding thing, that was not part of the original set. Um, everyone complained at Lego about that, but actually that was more down to Lucasfilm, and I think 
probably by the time Lego got the design of the ship, they maybe didn't hadn't decided on the foldy out wings. So, you know, once Lucasfilm gives it the stamp of approval and they change and they go ahead and build it, there you go. So got Kylo and uh little craft. Um I mean if that's um I'd be very interested in it if it's a new build, if it's just Kylo Ren's command shuttle with modifications, I might pass on it. Um, because that's kind of like the 100 quid, 110 quid, I think it was. Um, and then, the, like the big, the big set of the wave, you know, there's always one, about 130 pound, 130, 140 quid, I think. Um, Millennium Falcon. Which, a Millennium Falcon, do we need another Millennium Falcon? I mean, take, take out the Ultimate Collector Series version, you know, this would be, if we, yeah, forget the Ultimate Collector Series version, I'm talking like, you know, the minis, like the, what, you know, the, the play sets, the ones that we play it with, um, the general release ones, um, this would be the third Millennium Falcon since 2015. We had um, Millennium Falcon Force Awakens, and I mean that was a really nice set. That was a fantastic set. Um, that got retired in 2018 to make way for the solo Millennium Falcon, which is again a gorgeous set. And you essentially you have two versions of the Falcon in that. You know you've got the got the version, like, the, the solo version with the, the thing on the front, and then you take the thing off the front, and you could have, like, another, like, normal Millennium Falcon, you know, just different looking, and I think, do we need another Falcon? You know, until, I mean, unless the ship has been massively redesigned, which, if they do it in Rise of Skywalker, and you redesign the Millennium Falcon, Whoa, what's the point there? <laughs> you know, it, you've got the most iconic ship from the franchise and you're going to redesign it for the last episode, the last film? That's, what's the point? There's no point in that. Um, so I kind of feel that probably Lego are just gonna go, are going, hey, look, this is the version, it's the last film of the Skywalker saga, here we go. Have have this version, and it's essentially your Force Awakens version with a few modifications. In which case, I will not be getting it, which will be kind of gutting because I have like really like hunted down like the big sets of each wave of you know each like Force Friday wave. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of like oh, kind of wish I wish I had a you know I wish they did something different. Um, you know what? We will see. We will see. Um, and there's a like a kind of a new logo to kind of go with it. So it's like you've got the Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker on against the black background, and it's got Lego R2D2, a Lego BB-8, and a Lego Dio, which I think would be pretty fucking cool. Sorry, I swore. Oh, I'm sorry. It would be pretty cool. Oh, now I feel bad. I'm very sorry. Um, so yes, it'll be pretty cool. A little Lego Dio. It looks sweet. Um, so yeah, well, you know, cool to get that uh, that little Dio. And hopefully it's not just in the Millennium Falcon because that'll be good. Um, so yeah, that's it for this section. I'm gonna go jump into Life Debt Banter and um, then ring out the episode. So hold on for a second and we'll be up and we'll be right back. So um, we've got some life debt banter. Um, got an email uh, from a uh, from someone who we haven't heard from before, which is cool. Um, so this is from Kyle from Tumbling Saber. So here we go. Hi Johnny, Kyle from Tumbling Saber here with a quick question for you. 
With money being no object, which Star Wars collectible would you like to own? Whether it's an unopened Hasbro Palatoy figure, a movie prop or costume, or something else entirely, what is your what is the one thing you would love to have in your collection? Have a think on this, and I look forward to hearing your answer. Cheers, Kyle. So first off, thank you, Kyle, for uh, sending in a uh, sending in an email. Um, I really I, I really enjoy the Tumbling Saber podcast. It's a really great podcast, um, and I can't recommend that one enough. So, um, listeners, if you're not listening to that, go listen. So, I've been thinking about this, and I really I'm finding it really tough to to um, figure out. I think like money, no object. I can't. I don't really go for like props in the costumes I'm, I'm kind of like I, I'm very simple in my collecting it's like there's no like my holy grail at the moment is the Lego Death Star and that's like the pinnacle of what I want to get um, so I kind of it would be something Lego I think um, probably like the ultimate collector series Millennium Falcon right now unless someone had like gave me the opportunity to get like the screen used Millennium Falcon model because that would be pretty cool um so yeah maybe the screen used Millennium Falcon model um I, I saw one at uh, Star Wars Infinities and it was oh, was it no Infinities or Identity Star Wars Identities that was it and that was you know it looks gorgeous um, so I think that would be pretty cool to have. Um, but now, if I was to, like, money no object, you know, I'd get some, like, the big high-end Lego sets that I've missed out on. So, or, like, just the big high-end Lego sets. Like, I would get uh, the current Lego Death Star. I would get, like, the Ewok village that was discontinued uh, or retired a couple of, a few years back. Um, and just probably build a house or like build a man cave for it all so I think that's probably what I would do I would actually use the money no object to build the man cave and buy a bunch more Lego yeah that would be cool um, you know the ultimate collector series Falcon the uh, maybe the assault one of the assault on half sets um Oh, the Super Star Destroyer! I'd love to get that one. I'd love to get like a lot of the Star Destroyer, like the Star Destroyers, because I got the First Order one and I really like it. Um, so yeah, the the Super Star Destroyer. Just get like loads of those, like Super Star Destroyer, the uh, Venator Republic ship, and like the normal Imperial Star Destroyer. Um, Ewok Village, like I said. You know, just kind of really bulk out the collection with like the bigger sets that take up a bit more space and display them very nicely. Ah, oh, now I'm dreaming. Now I'm dreaming of, of having lots and lots of more Lego. Even though I have tons of it already and I'm I have a few sets still left to finish building. So yes. Um I'm gonna go now before I lose myself in uh, dreams of Lego. But before I go, um, remember you can visit the blog at mystarwarslifedebt.wordpress.com. Find us on Facebook. Just search for My Star Wars Life Debt, and you can join the page. Uh, follow me on Twitter at bloodyom b l w d y o r m e. Find me on Instagram as My Star Wars Life Debt, and it's mystarwarslifedebt.tumblr.com. And you can visit the Patreon group if you would like to contribute to the upkeep of the blog um, and the podcast. That's uh, mystarslifedebt.patreon.com. No, patreon.com forward slash mystarslifedebt. Um, mystarslifedebt.bandcamp.com if you'd like to not sign up Patreon but would like to pick up our bonus podcast. And redbubble.com forward slash user forward slash life debt podcast. Um, if you'd like to buy some Life Debt merch. Uh, so that's it for this week. Um, so punch it, Chewy.